Give a hand to the Lord. Glory to your name. Praise be to your name, Father. Amen. Greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those who are here and those who are streaming, God richly bless you. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. And to come and to stay in his presence. Just uh, invite maybe to sing a small song, sweep over my soul and then... Sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul, and my rest is complete. Precious Heavenly Father, first of all, Lord, we want to glorify your name. We want to praise you, Father. We want to worship you. We want to tell you how great you are, Father. You are marvelous. You are the great I am. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Father, you are the Prince of Peace. You are, Father, the one who created the whole universe. Father, you, you had in your hand the whole world, as that song says. It shows, Father, Lord, nothing is out of cater. You are, have everything under your control. Father, we worship you. We praise your name. We thank you, Father, for the grace you have expressed towards us, Father, that has been prayed before. Father, we can never thank you enough for that grace in our life. Lord, the more we see, we look in the word of God, we realize how great is the mother eagle. Father, when you extend your two wings, Father, we see you being unveiled yourself in this time. Father, the word of God is so precious to our heart. That's where we find our comfort. That's where we find our strength. Lord, this evening we come again to sit at your feet, Lord. Like the song was saying, we come, Father, so that you can break 
the bread of life. And Father, may you break the bread of life once again this evening and speak to our heart, Father. Draw us closer to you. Encourage us, Father, where we feel weak. May you heal the sick, Father. May you meet every need. Father, may you help us, Father, to grow on a higher level. We want, Father, to climb higher, Lord, than the mountain of revelation. We want to know you, Father, in the power of the resurrection, Father. May you come and reveal yourself in a greater way to our heart, Lord. We want our love for you to increase, to be above any other thing, Father. Make, us, make that a reality in our lives, Lord. Move again, Father, for the remainder of the service as you have been with us through the song, Father. You have been with us through the prayer. Father, may you be with us, Father, for the remainder of the service. We love you, Father. You know the needs among us, but nothing, the word of God is responding to all our needs, Father. We love you. We thank you. We appreciate you. May you put the man aside. Help me to put myself aside. May you speak to us, Father. May you anoint the speaker and the hear us, Father. Let the word of God penetrate to our heart. As it was in the book of Acts when you say, where they were still speaking, the Holy Spirit, Father, was poured upon the people. Granted, Father, as we'll be hearing to the word of truth. We love you and appreciate you. And we thank you, Father. Forgive us where we have failed. May the blood of Jesus Christ wash us and cleanse us, Father. We have nothing of our own, Lord. We just rely on the perfectness of the Lamb of God that we are bringing to you, Lord. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you, musicians. I invite you to go to the Word of God, to read the Word of God. I'm still in the life of Abraham a little bit. I'd like to just do it. felt like I should not go into Another part, but I would like to touch a little bit of an adoption. Genesis 15. Genesis 15. Thanks, sister. Give you verse 2. Is it possible to go to verse 1? If it's possible. It says, After these things, thank you. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram. I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. And Abram said, Lord God, what will thy give me, seeing I go childless and the steward of my house? Is this Elias of Damascus? And Abram said, Behold, to me that has given, has given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be in thy heir, for he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And we go to the book of Galatians. Familiar scripture, chapter 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, Galatians 4, verse 1. You can hear still the Bible turning, so I'll give you a little time. But 
Galatians 4.1 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as is a child, differeth not from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Even so we, when we were children, we were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons, God had sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. May God bless his word. You can have your seat. time I'm not planning also to be long I will if I have to give you a title give that as a mature heir bear with me if I say hair 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 <laughs> I don't know the difference <laughs> you just you just know what I mean <laughs> always get corrected so sorry about that An heir is, is the son or daughter of who receives by lot. In Messianic usage, an heir is the one who receives his allotted possession by right of sonship. And the first criteria is to be a son or a daughter. I will include this well, daughter, whenever I'm talking about a son. Then the next step is to have an inheritance. Imagine that. You can be both a son and have an inheritance, but to be heir to it, you need, as the prophet will put it, an determined adoption. You need to reach a certain level of maturity so that the father can be confident to give you what belongs, even though it belongs to you potentially, but you have to get to a certain maturity for him to give that to you. Amen. In the opening scripture, Paul is saying that when a heir, when he's a child, he differs not from the servant, even though potentially he's the Lord of all. We too, we have an inheritance. We know that we have inheritance. We have promises of God. We have possessions. We have things that God has put in the word of God. But we need to get to a certain level of maturity. Amen? Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ is the Lord of lords believe that we are those lords that he's talking about. We are the one who are the possessor of promises of God, and we need to get to a certain level in order to be a possessor of that promises of God. Amen? It is to you, but you need to have the faith to possess it. The prophet will make this comment when he's reading Ephesians 1, 1 11, as he's talking in the book of, uh, the bo- in the series of adoptions. We'll come to that. He says, in the, in the book of Ephesians says, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him, who work of all things after the counsel of his own will. 
And the prophet will make this, this, this comment, and then I will, will say this, and I just want to read that before I go further. Adoption part four. It says, Now, a little further now, now the 11th verse, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance. Oh, an inheritance, somebody has to leave you something to inherit it. Is that right? An inheritance? What inheritance do we have? What inheritance did I have? I didn't have any, but God left me inheritance when he put my name on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world. Oh, you say, now wait a minute, brother. Jesus did that when he died for you. No, he never Jesus came to purchase that inheritance for me. Oh, praise be to God. We used to think, we used to think that he came to give us an inheritance. No, you already had inheritance before the foundation of the world. God already put your name in the Lamb's book of life. Not only in the book of life, but in the Lamb's book of life. As something that God cannot take it away. God cannot remove from it. He cannot remove from it. He cannot change his mind regarding you. He cannot change his thought about you. He already made up his mind that you are his son that you are already predestinated and nothing can change the program of God nothing can move the program of God actually everything works together in order to make that program of God to be fulfilled the purpose of God can never be defeated even Satan, even the devil is working in that program to make sure that the purpose of God can never be defeated Sometimes we don't understand, but everything works together for those who love the Lord and those who have been called by him. If he calls you, it means really that he already thought of you before he calls you. Amen. The prophet says, read the next verse, the verse, next line, the very next line, in whom we also have obtained Obtain inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who work of all things after the counsel of his own goodwill. Luke has predestinated us unto this inheritance. If I'm a right inheritance of something, if God is knocking at my heart and saying, William Branham, I called you a long time ago before the foundation of the world to preach the gospel I have an inheritance, an inheritance of eternal life. Now God sent Jesus to make that inheritance real to me because there was nothing I could do to inherit it. He came to pay the price. He came to make that inheritance real to us. I would say that the message of God and message of the hour came also to make that inheritance real to us. It's not only a mythical thing, it's not only a theory, it has to become a reality. It has to become something you possess, amen. Eternal life has to be already moving now, amen. Now, when God sent Jesus to make that inheritance, now God sent Jesus to make that inheritance real to me because there was nothing I could, inherit, I could do to inherit this, 
It was blank. It was valid. There is nothing I could do. But in the fullness of time, God sent in his own good time, Jesus the Lamb, slain from the foundation of the world. His blood was shed that I might go to my inheritance. To be what? To be what? To be what? What inheritance? The sonship. To be a son of God. Praise be to God. It makes that so that you can be a son of God. That son of God has a lot of things inside of it. It's an expression sometimes we take lightly, but it has a lot of things inside of it. Once you realize that you are a son of God, it means the same attribute of God is in you. You are the gene, see, gene of God. You have the same nature as God. If God, if, if, if you look in the natural, there is no change of space. If you see the same space, he has to reproduce according to his own nature. God has to reproduce himself. You are the attribute of God. You are God in a small portion. Amen. It's not something that you come and try to plug into God. You are the manifestation of the attribute of God. That's our inheritance. Now, this may just choke you to death. But did you know that men that are sons of God are amateur gods? You see, so many, I just came across a comment of someone who says, how can Brother Branham be a prophet? He's saying that, he, he, that, that you are amateur God. How can you be God? Oh, sister, brother, whoever bought that comment, you need to have a revelation. Didn't you know that you are an amateur God? That Adam was an amateur God when he was on earth. He could have full authority. He could change the position of the tree from one place to another place. He could change. He could walk on the wall. He could, he could, he could, he could do different things because he was an amateur God. That's the place where we are going back to. The nature has to realize who is the master. Once you have perfect faith in your heart, you are the master of all circumstances. You are not a victim of circumstances. You are the master of circumstances. Prophet continues, how many ever know that? How many knows that Jesus said so? The Bible said, did not your law say itself that you are God's? Even the Bible says that you are God. And if you call them God's, which God said in Genesis 2 that they were God because they were, had full domain over the dominion of the world. He gave him dominion over all things, and he lost his godship. He lost his sonship. He lost his domain, and Satan took it over. But brother, we are waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God who will come back and take it over again, waiting for the fullness of time when the pyramid gets up to the top, when the full sons of God will be manifested, when the power of God will walk out. Hallelujah. And will take every power that Satan's got away from him. Yes, sir, it belongs to him. We are waiting for that. Let me say, we are right inside of it right now. It's not something only in the future. We have been waiting for it for a long time. But now it's the time to walk into it right now. Because what has been prophesied now, it has to be the prophecy has to become.
become a reality. It was lost by Adam. It was purchased by Jesus Christ. Now it has to be manifested. Praise be to God. Adam lost the access to the inheritance of eternal life. Actually, Adam lost many things. He lost the inheritance of eternal life. He lost the fellowship with God. He lost the sonship. He lost the dominion. But Jesus Christ has redeemed all this. I'll just read what the prophet says here. What did Jesus redeem? He redeemed your soul from hell. He redeemed and brought back everything that Adam lost when he put you in a pawn shop. I like when the prophet says everything. He redeemed everything. It means it's not something of the future, it's something that is real. Everything that Adam lost that he couldn't take back by himself, remember the law of redemption. Once you lost and you have, if you have no ability to redeem yourself, he didn't have any ability of himself to redeem himself. It needed a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer to come. Remember the story of Ruth. It needed a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer to come who has the power to redeem. And Jesus Christ is the only one with the power to redeem who is worthy to take that book only the bleeding lamb is worthy to take that book and he took that book and broke the seals glory to his name when he put you in the pawn shop Jesus Christ on Calvary was your kinsman redeemer that redeemed you from every curse of the devil he redeems your soul he redeems your sick body he redeems your weary, dreary spirit. He brought you happiness. Oh, the devil has put those things upon me. I feel so low. I feel so things. I feel so in despair. I've been so dry. I don't feel like worshiping the Lord. I feel so things happened to me. This happened to me. I have good news for you. Jesus Christ has redeemed everything to you that the devil is trying to take away from you. It belongs to you. He brought you joy. That's what the redemption brought you. Brought you peace, long-suffering, goodness, gentleness, meekness, power. The Holy Spirit brought you divine healing. All these things Jesus Christ brought to you because he was our kinsman redeemer. That's what you can possess today. That's what the song we sang earlier can say, my, my joy, it's my joy. Joy is yours. Victory is yours. Because he has already redeemed. I like the way my little boy likes to sing that song. He says, you know, saying, joy is mine. He says, mine joy is mine. <laughs> oh, you repeat it twice. Mine joy is mine. Mine joy is mine. <laughs> so you got the revelation. <laughs> I'm going to make a statement that the whole creation was lost. The whole creation was not lost, rather, when Eve fell. Adam could have still lived and the whole creation could have been subject to him. But when Adam fell, the whole creation fell with him. When the Son of God was in the original creation, when he fell, the whole creation fell with him. Amen. It fell with him. It couldn't be redeemed anymore. It couldn't be redeemed anymore. 
by, by Adam himself, they had to take, like I said earlier, they had to take Jesus Christ to come. And God already put that in a type when he gave them, when, when he killed the lamb, and he covered, them, he covered them, he covered them, he removed the covering of the fig leaves of religion, and he covered them with the lamb of God in order to show them as a type that that, that fellowship will be again brought back under the blood of Jesus Christ because you can have, you cannot have fellowship with God unless it is under the blood. And we have received the blood, amen. The bleeding word. It's a time to come back to that fellowship. You can have fellowship with God today. You can have quiet time with God today. He's still your father today. He can hear you today. There is a promise that by stripes we are healed. It is available. But it requires a certain level of maturity. It requires a certain level of faith to realize that I can have or I can possess that healing and claim that right. It is there, but you need to claim that. You need to have faith in that. You need to have and realize that it is the bread for the children. You need to realize that it is yours. Amen. That's what the first and the second pool have done, is to give us that level of maturity to realize that it actually belongs to me. Lord Balabalam would say, if you have saved, that's why he would insist when it was in the first and the second pool of his ministry, he would insist to denominations who couldn't believe in divine healing and will insist on that. If you are saved, actually, if you are saved, you are also, you can also be healed. How can you say, how can you say that I'm saved, but you have no part to divine healing? Divine healing is your possession, and he will insist, is he part of you? You are a son of God, it belongs to you. We thank God that he came to the third pool and to another level where it brings us to a higher maturity to understand, oh, actually, yes, I have that, I have that, I have that, but I can also live above the things of the world. My soul can have full control upon my life. The soul can be, the soul is actually the place of the tower of control. It can have control over my spirit. It can have control over my body. This body can be subject to the word of God. I didn't know that, but it required God to reveal the word of God and to realize that I'm a son of God. My soul inside of me actually has the seed God, and the seed God, the seed God, God's seed inside of me. Glory to God. It's just a small seed, but it has all the potential of God inside of that seed. In that seed needs to grow until it takes all full control of the soul, all full control of the spirit, all full control of the flesh. Jesus had walked on the water. He spoke to the tree. He multiplied the bread. But the disciples didn't have that revelation yet. When they looked at that, what kind of man is this? And some of them, the Bible says, they rejoiced because the authority was given to man one again, once again. Some of them get the revelation. No, if Jesus can do that, it means the authority has been given back to man once again. But it required the faith of God to increase to that level 
to be able to understand what Jesus, God was doing inside of Jesus Christ as the first, as the first, as the first seed coming to the maturity, it was going to happen again to the sons of God. Jesus Christ was actually a representation of, or even, I'm not going to say a type, but he was manifesting what is going to happen again to the fallen son of God, to the fallen Adam, who has to come back to the same maturity, and God can use him to do the same thing. That was the proof that the inheritance that Adam lost, Jesus Christ had redeemed it. Are you following me then? It's redeemed, but it required a certain level of maturity, I repeat myself, of the faith. And faith comes by hearing of the word. It requires a certain level of maturity in order for God to give that to the child. Also the child to have enough faith to realize that it belongs to him. That's what God has done with the opening of the word of God. To give us the faith, to give the faith to the fallen Adam, of God, our fallen Adam, the maturity to come to that level that you can come the storm once again. Amen. If it's all those things are not only story, those things are to show us that we have to, we, we, we are coming to that level. I believe we are coming to that level where the missing limbs are going to grow once again. It's not something of the past. It's something we need to be walking into it, realizing that it's something that pertains to us. It's something God helped me to have that maturity to realize that that promise it being gone belongs to me. Open my eyes to have the faith and grasp that promise that you already promised me in your word that belongs to me. going to back up here. God has brought the fallen Adam to the maturity of speaking to the nature again. That's why he could talk to the small fish, I give you life. God gives you life, but I pronounce that I give you life. Amen. Man has come to the maturity of being a possessor and he can use the word of God and proclaim that promise on what God has already promised. Amen. And say, that promise belongs to me. It gives me the authority to pronounce it, and I pronounce it. Small fish, I give you life. Parents, as if you are believers of the message of the hour, you need to start pronouncing the word of God upon your children. You need to start pronouncing the word of God upon your, your, your life. This thing has been upon me, but as a son of God, I can believe the word of God and pronounce life upon what I'm going to do. Because it's a time of life. A fallen son of God, a fallen Adam, could talk to the mama or some, I give you back your health. To take care of your little kiddies. Or little small ones. Oh, but how, how can God just, many people are sick and many people, how can God use his power and put that on an animal? It is important so that, you, God, you, so that the sons of God realize that we are going back to the Garden of Eden once again. Yes, we have the power of the healing, but now it's more than that. 
a son of God could pronounce the word of God and believe that the five squirrels will be created at those specific difficult times. Himself, he put out at those difficult times, but he had faith believing that what God says is going to be fulfilled. That's not the story only. It's to show you that we can have faith on the vindicated word of God. If it can create a squirrel, it can create a bride. <laughs> oh, praise be to God. The prophet says, I want to leave the head of myself there, but in the sixth seal, that's the reason John wept, because if no one could get that book, all creation, everything was gone. She would just simply turn back to atoms and molecules and so forth and cosmic light. Not even the big creation, persons, nothing else. Because Adam lost the right of that book. He forfeited it when he listened to his wife. She listened to Satan's reasoning instead of the word of God. See, it was forfeited. Then it couldn't go back into the dirty hands of Satan who tempted her out of the way. So therefore it went back to its original owner like any abstract deed would do. See, goes right back to its original owner. That was God, the creator who made it and he holds it. As we see this, Abraham had the abstract title deed. It's going to be complicated. I'm not trying to be complicated. But he had the abstract title deeds. He had all the authority. He had all the power. But he lost all that. And Satan couldn't have a hold of it. His hands are so dirty that he couldn't have grasp of it. Satan is only a perverter. He's only deformed things. He cannot create. He cannot transform. He only deforms things. He only perverts things. So he couldn't have a grasp of that. It went back to the original owner, God himself. It went back to God himself. That's why Revelation 5 is telling us that John is weeping. Who, who can take that back from the original owner? It has to be the Lamb of God who's coming and taking back from the original owner and once taken from the original owner is not going to keep that in his hand he has to come back and give that back to the man in the revelation 10 when he comes back in revelation 10 he's giving back that to you and me and he's giving that that is your possession it was lost back then satan couldn't take it back take the hold of it but now i'm coming back and giving that to the believer to realize that it is yours Take it and eat it up. Make it part of yourself. Don't make it eat something else that cannot be part of it. Take it and make it part of you. When you make something part of you, you carry it everywhere you are. The situations can rise, but you have that thing inside of you. And that thing inside of you is greater than the situation outside. The prophet calls it in John, Revelation 10, Revelation 5, the most sublime things in the scripture. It is the most sublime thing in the scripture. Amen. Because he takes it and opens the seals, breaks the contents within it, reveals your name. Amen. Amen. 
And then in Revelation, Revelation 6 and Revelation 8 is opening all the seals and revealing all the seals and the content. Revelation 10, he comes and gives that back to you. And once he gives that back to you, it's for you and I to recognize the sonship. It's recognize that I'm an heir of God. Recognize that, Lord, I need to come to the maturity, living the status of when I'm living as a servant and now living as a son of God. Do you know the first step of the maturity is to know your origin? There came a time when the son starts realizing, oh, this servant and me, we're actually different. We don't have the same parent. He's just a servant, I'm playing nice, I'm being with him, but at a certain point you have to realize, this is a servant, I'm a son of God. <laughs> we are different, we don't have the same parent. Let me tell you that those scriptures are right at the beginning. As good, as faithful as Eliezer was, and I'm not trying, just I'm trying to make a point here. You know, Elias is a perfect type of Genesis 24 of the servant, true servant of God. But I'm going to make a point here. As good as Eliezer was and faithful as he was, they had to come to a point where Isaac has to recognize that Eliezer and me, we are different. I'm more than Eliezer. As good as Eliezer is, I am more than Eliezer because I'm a son of Abraham. That's what God is telling me. You know, Eliezer didn't come from your bowels. Eliezer, even though he was born in the church, he was, although he was born in that house, even though he was there, but he didn't come from your bowels. The one that is going to be heir to you is the one who is going to come out of your own bowels. Let me tell you, as a son of God, you are not something from the, someone from the outside. You came from God's origin. You came from the bowels of God himself. You know, the prophet says, and we usually am just paraphrasing here, that we are, we were in the thought of God. Actually, he said himself, the thoughts of God are eternal, they are real, they are not simply like a man with a blueprint he has drawn up and which one day will be translated into substance and form, but they are already real and eternal and part of God. And he's saying that in the exposition of the seven churches, they are already real, eternal, and part of God. The main difference between your thought or my thought and God's thought is if I promise someone you want to do something good to someone, you might think, you know, I'll do, you know, that brother, I'll do something to that brother, something good, a surprise and everything. And then along the way, something came up and the money you probably thought that you'll use that, and I said, no, I'm not using that. Something came up on the way, along the way, so I'm keeping that for myself. You don't feel condemned. Because you didn't tell that brother, you just kept it for yourself. You feel maybe you'll be sorry for a couple of days and then that's it. But that's not the same thing with God. When God thinks about you, it is as real that as already expressed 
and already finished and already accomplished. It's already fulfilled in his mind. He's not coming back again to have a second thought about the thought he had of you. The thought he has his own son. It's already in God's mind. It's as real as God is real. That's why you can never be defeated and God can never be defeated. You can never be lost as God can never be lost. Because your conception as a son of God, when you have been conceived, you were not conceived when you believed in the message or when you gave your heart to the God or when you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus. That was not when you started your life. That's not when your story started. Your story started way back in God's mind. Now you are walking in that story that was already in God's mind. Now, as the air is growing, he realized that his birth is different. Ishmael and Isaac seemed to come from the same natural father, but actually they were different. Let's read Galatians 4, 28. It says, now we, brethren, as Isaac was, are the children of promise. We are the children of promise. But as then he was, he that was born after the flesh persecuted him that was born after the spirit. Even so it is now. Nevertheless, what saith the scripture? Cast out the bondwoman and her son, for the son of the bondwoman shall not be heir with the son of the free woman. So then, brethren, we are not children of the bondwoman, but of the free. One is the son of the promise. The other one is the son of compromise. Our natural birth is a, is a birth of compromise. It was not the perfect will of God. It's Satan who gave that initial or that, 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 that idea or that, or that theology to Eve. And Eve grabbed it and grief accepted it. And then it produced a son of compromise, a wild son. You always wild. You cannot tame him. He changes position every time. He can be rejoicing in one moment and the second moment becomes flat. You can't tame him. You need something greater than him in order to tame him. But the one who's born of the promise of God is different. That's why the new birth is not an option. A new birth is a must. It's a mandatory to have the new birth because God's plan cannot be changed. His plan was to have the birth of promise, not the birth of compromise. Even though you have a son that comes through compromise, God has to come back again and say, you must be born again because my initial has to be that he has to be a son who cannot be out of compromises. That's why. I'm, I'm sad to say it, but sometimes I like to say it. It's to realize, oh, what about different denominations? Different, they're also Christians. Yes, they are Christians. But which, what is the promise they are born under? Is They are born under. We are born under a promise of God. We have received a promise for a time because you can only be born the new birth. The real new birth comes through the promise, comes through the birth of a promise. Try to back it up with the word of God.
Galatians 3.29 says, And if you be Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If you read Romans 9, I hope I have it quickly so I can save time. Romans 9 says, Not as though the word of God had taken none effect, for they are not all Israel which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children. But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. It is only the children of the promise that are counted for the seed. It's not because you are the natural seed of Abraham, you are, you are the seed of Abraham. No, it goes beyond that. You have to be the children of the promise to be counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. Any nominal Christian today can claim he's the son of Abraham. But the question is, what is the promise of the Bible by which you are born? We are the children of promise of Malachi 4. <laughs> we are the children of promise of Luke 17. We are the children of promise of Revelation 10. We have a promise for our time. Amen. Now that promise has to be made manifest in our lives. We just take the type of Abraham here. To make just my point, all sons of Abraham are not the true sons of Abraham. As the heir, you have to understand how you are conceived, your origin, your birth, growing, and what is your inheritance. You have to understand all those steps. And then it brings you to a certain maturity and take responsibility of what is given to you. All sons of Abraham are not the true sons of Abraham. Ishmael, although he was the son of Abraham, he was not the true son of Abraham. The sons of Keturah in Genesis 25 were the sons, the natural sons of Abraham, but they were not the true son of Abraham because they were not born out of the promise of God. That's why God told Abraham, take now thy son, Thine only son, Isaac, whom thy lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there to, for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of. Ishmael was right there, but God is telling Abraham, take thy only son. This is the only son that I consider. Ishmael is out of the promise of God. <laughs> Oh, praise be to God for his grace. You may be wondering, but what does that do to you? It does you that you can come in confidence in God. Lord, it's not me. It's your promise. Lord, I'm going through these situations. It's not me. It's your promise. As part as part of your promise, your promise has to be fulfilled. Yeah. Oh, that's the time. Let's read Genesis 25. 
Genesis 25, 5, 6. It says, And Abraham gave all that he had unto Isaac, but unto the sons of the concubines which Abraham had, Abraham gave gift and sent them away from Isaac his son, while he yet lived eastward unto the east country. Realize here that he gave the gift and then sent them away. Because the shark cannot be here with the seed together. You cannot be here with the denomination's ideas. You have to send them away. You cannot ripe if you still have the denomination clouds. They have to be taken away. In order to ripe in the presence of the Son of God, you have to take the denomination's idea away. Amen. Let us, they can rejoice, the denomination can rejoice in the gift and the different things, but Isaac had more than the gift. He had everything that Abraham had. Praise be to God. Let me tell you, when the Bible says that he had everything that Abraham had, for me, I believe that it, it means this, that even the gift that he gave to the other people, we still had enough to give to, uh, to Isaac, more than what he gave to the other people. Because you can give to the other people. What the other people received, uh, Isaac also had what the other people received. You cannot have he give more to the other people, and what he give to Isaac is less than what he give to the other people. They received gift, but he had the giver of gift. <laughs> we, we, we rejoice in the gift, but I want, and you want more than the gift. You want the giver of the gift. <laughs> what the bride is receiving is not the gift. It is the giver of the gift. <laughs> because the word... That what contains everything. <laughs> Once you have the word, you have the blessedness of God. Once you have the word, you have the promises of God. Once you have the word, you have God himself. Amen. Praise be to God. Amen. Esther, was, Esther, was not, Esther was not worried about how the other concubines or other girls were uh, trying to grab different gifts. Oh, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. What she was focusing on is, I want the king. Because once I have the king, I have everything. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, it's not even basing on any other things. Let your focus be God. I want you. I want my body to be your sanctuary. I want my body to be your dwelling place. I want you to come and work from the inside out. I don't want anything from the outside inside. I want something from the inside out. Because if I have you, you will work your own life from the inside and you will perform it. Oh, let the bride be like that. Amen. Amen. Let the sons go through the test. The sons of God go through the test of the word of God to determine the true nature. I wanted actually to read John 8, 28 to 59. It's a lengthy one, but we just know it for those who are putting notes and can read it just to save time. Because the maturity as God, as Jesus Christ was giving, I'm going, to, I'm going to summarize this. As Jesus Christ was giving to the, to, the, to the Jews who were around there, he talked to them and they said, you know, we are the sons of Abraham. We are the seed of Abraham. We are the sons of, we have never been under bondage. And he told them, if you receive the son, the son will set you free. You will be free indeed. But we have never been under bondage. But as he talked to them, I'll just read one. Yeah. Do you love the Lord? 
John 8. And he said, I'm with me, 29. And he said, and he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. A true son of God, mature, always do the things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. So they started by believing. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if you continue in my word. So he told them, you have believed, that's the first step. But now, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. You can't just say, I believe, and you go your own way, and you leave the word aside. If you believe, you have to continue in the word of God. If you continue in the word of God, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And the answered, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How say thou that you shall be made free? And Jesus answered them, Verily, very I say unto you, Whatsoever committed sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. The son stays with the word, he stays in the house forever. If you don't stay in the house, it means there's something wrong. The prophet would even say, and the Bible is backing it up, a illegitimate child doesn't accept correction. If you, if you give him a little bit of correction upon the word of God or any other thing or a trial, he will go away because, because that is not his nature. He'll think that that's too much for him. But there's a real child, son of God, a real son of God, a real daughter of God. No matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult it is, this is my house. This is my place. This is my position. Nothing can waver me from my position. He is my father. He is my all in all. Brother Branham, did you keep your religion or the religion kept you? It was him who kept me. I didn't know how I can go through it, but he kept me. That's still my position no matter what. Oh, sorry for shouting that. The answer in the we be Abraham's seed and we're never in bondage. Did I read that twice here? Yeah. 36, and if the son therefore shall make you free, and you shall be free indeed, I know you are Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. Oh, how can you determine a real son of God? A real son of God has a place for the word of God. Let me tell you, may God bless you when you give place to the word of God in your heart. Lord, I want the word of God to find a place in my heart. I speak that which I have seen with my father. You do that which you have seen with your father. The answer I said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said unto them, if you were Abraham's children, you will do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that have told you the truth. Amen. And just want to save time, but I could put many comments there. Let's read 1 Peter 1, 22. 
Bible says, Seeing that you have purified your souls and obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. A true new birth is by the word of God. Feelings don't produce real new birth. Social gospel does not produce real new birth. Only the incorruptible seed of Abraham, of, of God, will produce a real new birth. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Because otherwise it will produce illegitimate children when you are babying people into the new birth. There are many people, oh no, it's okay for you. You do whatever you want to do. It's okay for you. No, it will produce a legitimate child because he has not been touched by the word of God. But the word of God, when it touches your heart and you are convinced by the word of God, not by a person, but by the word of God, it becomes a personal revelation. Nothing can take you away from that personal revelation. Let the word of God produce the real conception, the real new birth. That's what we desire. We don't want to baby people. No. We don't want to take people out of the shell. You know, say, we are going to help you to get the chicken out of the shell. Then you are going to be a real chicken. We, we don't have to need... A, you know, you are a special chicken. We are going to take and help you take you all the shell out of. No, a real Christian has to be knocking on the shell, knocking on the shell. I need that new birth. I need that new birth. I need the new birth. I need a new life. As well, last time I talked about eating real food. If a plant was still babying that plant and different things, it means it's not re-eating the real, real food. But a healthy plant, you don't need to spray it all the time. It has enough results inside of it to fight any bugs from the outside. You need a real new birth from the inside. Amen. God has a provided way. <laughs> That's God's provided way. If we want to help you by babying you, we are going to kill you in order to help you. But as a real son of God, you have to work for it. God, I want that. I desire that. Give me that, Lord. The Bible talk of illegitimate children. Revelation, or oh, Hebrews 12, 5, 11 says, You have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when the heart rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth is chastened, and soldiers every son whom he received. The prophet will put a comment on that. He says, actually, we are being tried. And I like that the way he says, we are being tried by the word. The word is trying. The word is putting you to trials. The word is testing you. Once you didn't have the word of God, everything was fine. But once the word of God starts being formed inside of you, then you see many different trials. Then you see things that are going, oh, I, I didn't think this way, I didn't think this way, I didn't think this way. It's part of the word of God being formed inside of you. But let me tell you, the one who's inside of you is greater than the things from the outside. God is not going to leave you alone. He's going to give you victory. Your faith is your victory.
victory. Your revelation is your victory. Let me encourage you, keep pressing on because the victory is sure. Amen. The new birth doesn't make you a child of God. It just makes you realize that you are a child of God. Many things I could say, but I think I'll just finish with this. Musicians can come and play softly. The song leader can come a little bit later. Just want to allow it a little bit long quote. So. In divine healing of 54, the prophet says, Certainly, my son, plug it in. The filler come rolling back down through the line. God's word made manifest. Sure it is. But just how simple the Bible is, the believer is, salvation is, healing is. Everything that God promised is there. It's yours. Just ask for it. Anything that he died for belongs to you. There it is, the whole thing. How we love it. Isn't it food for your soul? The congregation says, Amen. Every time and every time we believe that little speck in there just gets bigger, 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 swells out till after a while it just becomes you believe all things. But as all things begin to come in, love begins. It comes in. Doubt, hatred, malice, fear just flies out like that. I hope you are grasping the secret that is, is giving there. You just believe. No matter how little it is, you just believe that. Start with that. Don't give it away. Start with that. And then you'll see getting bigger and bigger, bigger. And as you are believing, Things are being flashing out. It's not you flashing those things out. But as you are believing, as you are giving room to the word of God in your heart, those things are flashing out. Being flashing out. See what I mean? All the world, world is purged. We grow daily in the grace of God. Yes, I'm born but I need to grow daily in the grace of God. Now, you notice those people, they can sit and say, well, accept the Lord. You take their word for it. It would too. I would too. I can't judge. I cannot judge. God does. But in 10 years from now, they've never progressed a bit. Just staying right in the same old place. See, we grow daily. Each day our heart hungers, keeps moving on. There is something growing inside of you. Amen. You get bigger, spread out. Paul said, told the Corinthian church, you are maturing, growing. When you ought to be teacher, you are still babes needing teaching. Is that right? When you ought to be teacher, something in there growing out, pushing out, making bigger. The Holy Spirit growing. The new birth. If a birth is born from the outside, then it says from the inside out, the child 
it grows if it lives. If it doesn't, it remains. Is that right? I promise you it's a little bit long, but I want just to read it to give, actually summarize it so well, everything I wanted to say. That's why I want to read it. Bear with me. It says, Is that right? Well, when a birth is on the inside, shouldn't it grow? The Christ in your heart ought to be growing daily, getting bigger, more powerful, understanding things better. It needs to be forgiving, walking on as God will, till Christ be formed in you the hope of glory. We are being called in order to grow until to come to the full maturity. Don't stay at one stage. Don't be complacent at one stage. Remember, I'll go down another, another step. We need to start growing. I'm an, heir of, I'm an heir of God. I understand my birth. I understand where I come from. But Lord, help me to mature, to grow daily, to grow to the stature of the perfect man. Add to me all the virtue until I reach the stature of perfect man. If I'm still having things that there, Lord, I need those things to get aside because I need to ripe and grow to the stature of the perfect man. How can I do that? Lord, help me to stay in your presence. He says, we must contend with the weak until they are fully matured in Christ Jesus. Then they are good soldiers. Then they've got on the full armor. Talk, talk about them. Don't hurt them. Laugh at them. Make fun of them. They don't pay no attention to it. They got one thing. They're just so big. My, just so full of glory. The only thing you have to drop is the old robe of flesh. Just go right on to the present. Somebody say, you know, somebody said you, you were a hypocrite, Mrs. Jones. Did, did they? Well, God bless them. Do you know a certain, certain things is going in that church? It, isn't, it should not go that way. Ought, oughtn't it be, to be going? Well, I'll pray for it. Anything that's come from the outside, because the inside is growing so big, nothing can penetrate from the inside. What we need is perfect faith. What we need is perfect love. You can't go on the other side without perfect love. You can't be adopted without the perfect love of God. We need to come to the maturity of God. <laughs> See, prophet says, big. Oh, if you are little, you would say, is it? Let me get in. Which side must I join? See, there is where you get in trouble. That's where you can't mature. But when you get big enough, large enough, you see swelled out. Not only swelled out, but growed up. Christ growing in you, growing out malice, taking it out of you. Push it out. As God comes in, just push it out. Amen. You say, oh, how little, how juvenile it is, how much kids it is to argue and fast. But first things you know, that just grows, that just grows, you know, it just goes. Don't pay attention to it no more. You're growing, yes, sir. You know when you are young, you claim that you're growing in pains. When you are growing, you know what it hurts when you are growing. Then we'll talk about growing pains. 
When Christ comes into your heart, then he comes into the mouth. Then he comes into your eyes. Then he comes into your mind. He comes into your mouth. He makes you talk different. It started a little thing, or you, you, you're talking certain things, other things, but as you're feeding upon the word, upon the word, Christ is growing. The Holy Spirit feeds only upon the word of God. You used to talk a different way. Now Christ is growing to the point. Now he's growing into your mouth. <laughs> you don't talk like you used to do. Christ got into your mouth. Down grow now from your heart. Your love, you had for him till you can't breathe, you can breathe your tongue. Brother, that's a great thing. Then the next thing you know, it grows into your eyes. The next thing you know, you find out that all lustful things you used to look at, you'll turn your head. How did that happen? It's Christ growing and taking full control of the whole thing. You're growing. Then the first thing you know, you still turn your head, but you are thinking. You see how the step that is growing, your mouth, your eyes, you turn your eyes, but you are still thinking. See, after a while, it grows into your mind. You don't even think about it no more. Then you just as great big boy there. <laughs> You're coming into a full, matured man, living for the Lord. How many want that? <laughs> That's how the Holy Spirit takes the full control of the whole body and becomes subject to the tower of control in the soul once you realize you are son of God. Not you will be, now I am a son of God. Now I am a daughter of God. God bless you. Musicians can come. One of them. I'm one of them. One of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. I'm one of them. I'm one of them. Glad that I can say I'm one of them. Oh, there are people almost everywhere. Hearts are all aflame with the fire that fell at Pentecost, which cleansed and made them clean. It is burning now within my heart. Oh, glory to His name. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. Let's sing together. I'm one of them. 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 I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them.